Welcome back to episode 148 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Ayman, and today we are talking to Justin Bannon, the CEO of Boson Protocol. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we asked Justin, what is Boson and why it is it valuable for Web3? Next, Ayman and I ask how brands will exist in the metaverse. Then we lay out several ways anyone can leverage the metaverse. And finally, what does Justin Bannon really think of Web3 space and the US regulations? All right, let's listen. Welcome back to episode 148 of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, Iman. What's going on, everybody? All right, and on the sticks, we got TJ. Hey. And most importantly, special guest, Justin Bannon, CEO of Boson Protocol. Thank you for being with us, Justin. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. So uh, so we did a video about Boson Protocol. <laughs> about a week or two ago. Yeah. And we've heard about you guys, of course. Uh, whenever you first uh, came into Decentraland, you made a big district launch. Yeah, I remember like, that. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were aware of, of the technology yeah. and what it is you guys were offering and stuff, but... Because we're also developing a metaverse project ourselves, are just we're just so I guess like we miss out on a lot of things that's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you guys are basically our neighbors in the metaverse, <laughs> we still miss these things. But we got an opportunity to pay very close attention and actually do some deep diving into what it is you guys are building, and we quickly realized you know uh, you guys are building a very critical infrastructure component Absolutely. to to not just the metaverse. I I would call it like Web three commerce, right? Like just digital commerce period. Yeah. So I think you guys are trying to prove that in the metaverse. So I guess the good first question would be, why did you choose the metaverse, first of all, to kind of prove or demonstrate like the uh, utility of Boson Protocol? Sure. Um, well, there's, there's a couple of theses there. I mean, um, one is that, you know, we, we believe that the metaverse is the next sort of um, kind of iteration of the sort of like interface if you like yes you know and and we've seen we've seen in the web this kind of you know uh, you know well even go back to like tvs black and white tvs and color tvs right i mean that's like an inevitable and obvious um interface upgrade right but it's still flat and then you go to the web and that's kind of like the color tv it's Mm -hmm. still flat right um and then we kind of go mobile which is and then it's social but you know really if we could have an interface to virtual reality mm. that was as full featured as the interface to reality, why wouldn't we have it? I mean, that's the same argument as why did why did we go from black and white to color? Oh, because real life is color, right? Mm, why right. would we why would we ever choose to, to have a less rich experience than real life if it was an option, right? Yeah. And so I think it's just we'll look back and say, well, of course, the metaverse, once it became possible, of course, we were going to go for a 3D immersive digital experience because it's like more lifelike mm. in the same way as we were always going to go from black and white to color TVs because it's more lifelike. Yeah. Um, so we, we see the metaverse as this next iteration of this interface that humans use to, to, to interact with, with the web. And, um, and, you know, for us, the real metaverse is being built with Web3 technologies um that, that you know you know kind of protect users and that you know um ensure that everyone gets to share in the value they create etc um and so you know for us being you know boson being this this kind of web 3s commerce layer etc uh, essentially um it was natural for us to demonstrate our capabilities by enabling you know fully web 3 native commerce within the metaverse yeah so as we, we understand, so we know Boson Protocol pretty well, just because like Iman was saying, we're in the space, we like to pay attention to everything that goes on in crypto, but specifically the metaverse. So um, just for the audience, you give us a, give us a kind of like a rundown of exactly what Boson Protocol does. And, you know, talk about our NFTs, redeemable, redeemable NFTs, mm. um, digital NFTs. If you could go into a little bit more detail on that, I, I would sure. appreciate it. Sure. Um, well, at its core, Boson Protocol, you can think of it as like TCPIP for commerce, right? It's this base layer 
that enables commerce between a buyer and a seller in the same sort of way that like an Amazon or an eBay does, except just using code, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of having a kind of publicly owned extractionary company in between buyers and sellers to ensure fair exchange and to take money and to send goods and to manage disputes, it's a piece of code, right? It's a piece of code that has, you know, a combination of game theory. And then if that, if the game theory doesn't resolve it, you know, the disputes can go to like in, independent, be escalated to independent so, uh, uh, dispute resolvers. But that's the core of Boson. But it's fully built on, on Web3 technology. So it can plug into, you know, uh, especially, you know, Web3 uh, uh, worlds like Decentraland. Um, and the way it works is a, a seller will say, okay, I'm going to sell this red bicycle. And they will offer that on Boson. That creates an offer. And um, a buyer, if they see that offer, which, you know, could be, you know, it, it could be on OpenSea. It could be on a seller's website. It, you know, it could be on the, the Boson DAP. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be um, like in a shop, in an immersive environment, like uh, the Metaverse or... You know, someone could be wearing an item, right, in the metaverse that's a digital item but has a physical counterpart that's for sale. Um, and so, you know, you kind of click on that and in, and then the buyer can purchase what, what we call a redeemable NFT. And what happens is the money, the buyer's money gets locked up, they get issued with a redeemable NFT, and then that buyer can either go and straight away redeem, which is, you know, um, fine, in which case it's just like a bridge from the metaverse to the physical world, right? It's like a trust bridge. You could go and, I mean, fine, if you want to buy something from Nike, most people are going to trust that. Um, but you might do a peer-to-peer exchange in the metaverse. So you might buy from a new, reasonably unknown creator in the metaverse. Um, and Boson enables you to do that in a fully you know, kind of trust minimize where well. you can put your money in and have strong and credible assurances that either you get the item or your money back. Mm-hmm. So you wander around the metaverse, see something that advertises a physical for sale mm-hmm. and trust in Boson that you could, you can go. And, so you get this redeemable NFT and, and, um, but one of the major use cases then for that NFT is, you know, it could be that that NFT is only available to you because you've got these other NFTs or you're wearing this other special wearable that's now unlocked the ability to buy this special physical from this brand say right so you've got this kind of token gating community Mm -hmm. loyalty play anyway you get this nft and then you can do what you want with it right Mm -hmm. you can redeem it but you could trade it you could go and put that on OpenSea and flip that like any other nft uh you could hold it so we've got you know lots of use cases where you know like luxury wine and spirits or you know like luxury whiskey companies tokenizing um like cases of whiskey that mature in like five years right mm-hmm. so you go and buy this rnft and you hold it and then five years time the value spikes and you sell it to someone that goes and takes mm. the possession of the whiskey and actually sells it you never touch the whiskey right so it's like a um and so you can transfer it uh you could go and buy this thing and you may have a nephew that likes these kind of high-end sneakers or whatever and you, he lives in the other side of the world you transfer it. So you can do all these things with it, just like any any other um, sort, sort of NFT. And then eventually, um, you know, someone will, will then redeem it. Um, and, and all the while, with Boson Protocol, it gives the sellers the ability to earn secondary royalties on physicals as well. Um, because the protocol provides this assurance to buyers that they're not going to get rug pulled, it's in the interest of each buyer to use the protocol rather than something like OpenSea to sort of do the exchange yeah. that way they're not going to get rug pulled and mm-hmm. so then and and therefore as the protocol is doing these successive secondary sales it can um return um these kind of what we call perpetual royalties back to, to the original creator thus supporting this sort of ecosystem that we have yeah you know what's what's interesting justin is um before we actually went live here and started recording we were talking about you know the banking crisis on all that and in a completely unrelated conversation a few weeks ago, Iman and I were talking about the banking crisis and all that and how inflation is going to skyrocket the prices of food, you know, milk and all that stuff. And we were thinking, it was like, what if 
these 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 companies like you know Burger King, these these companies issued NFTs to represent their food. Mm, yeah. And there's basically these NFTs represent like a futures contract that people can redeem this NFT for food mm. when yeah. a, a burger is about a hundred dollars, but you you bought yeah. this yeah. NFT for five bucks, all yeah. of a sudden you have like a very valuable asset that's tradable, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting yeah. that use case. Yeah. And also whether or not it can be applied, I guess, to stabilize in any yeah. way, like uh, I guess the commodities of the of the products that are being yeah. you know sold themselves. In counter to like any yeah. sort of like macroeconomic situation. Uh, I, I think it's a great idea. Do you think there's any validity behind yeah. that, Justin? Well, I mean, if we enter a period of hyperinflation, then, I mean, funnily enough, just this morning I saw a tweet from uh, my good friend Trent McConaughey, the CTO of Ocean Protocol, mm -hmm. and he said that in Argentina, there, Argentina has the highest number of cars per population. And the reason is that people buy cars because they lose value mm. slower than the peso. Oh, Therefore, wow. they buy cars as a store of value. Wow. And if you buy a car, you're not going to take public transport. You're going to drive it. Yeah. So people are driving they're driving cars as a store of value, right? Um, wow. And so, you know, equally, I mean, Boson, the, the fundamental financial engineering inside Boson, and it was, you know, you know, Boson was designed by some amazing kind of DeFi financial engineers, um, the world's top blockchain lawyer, Dr. <clears throat> Primavera de Filippi, wrote Blockchain and the Law, and the protocol designer is one of the Ethereum uh, Foundation uh, designing ETH2. <laughs> so right at the center of this is a, a lot of, you know, pretty sophisticated theory. And one of them is that this is a forward contract, right? How do you tokenize a physical asset? How do you get that tether? Mm. Well, either you have an Amazon tying the two, but then get all those problems. Yeah. Um, but what we have is a forward contract, right? So you, you could imagine in a situation with hyperinflation of this kind of forward selling, which is also something that, that we have, you know, partners doing, you know, it's, it's really interesting if you're going to do a, you know, a restaurant opening, or if you're going to do a, you know, even a product launch, right? Yeah. You can do a decentralized Kickstarter with mm -hmm. Boson, mm -hmm. where you know you can go and sell a thousand, pre-sell a thousand units of a product, you know, and using Boson protocol, and then use that as you know as collateral to you know to, to get a loan on the money. So, absolutely, um, you know. Uh, brands could pre-sell at today's rate, um, mm. you know, uh, products, um, and, and Boson could could act as a store of value like that. Yeah, oh, that's fascinating. So, could you get into uh, a little bit more? Into, I guess the mechanics that ensure trust within this network of, you know, uh, I'm sure at the end, the the objective of the Boson Protocol Foundation is to onboard as many brands that already have like established trust in order to like, you know, kickstart, get the momentum going as far as adoption and user and an actual digital commerce activity, right? A market. Right. But at some point you're going to have much more independent, like, you know, uh, indiv you know, individuals trying to establish their own commerce presence that mm. don't have any real established reputation. Right. right. Think of like a, an eBay or an Etsy, something like that in the metaverse or wherever. What is it that actually yeah. ensures on the buyer and seller side that these these um, these commerce transactions are trustworthy? No, you know, are there any primitives that are still lacking in order yeah. to to build this out? No, the the core. I mean, we're on V two of the protocol now. So yeah. we had V one. We launched sort of you know eighteen months ago, and we launched, um, which was mainly designed by me. It worked. It proved the feasibility, and, and um, but in parallel, we 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 sort of raised some money and and um, onboarded this incredible team. Um, and so V two is basically like built by this in incredible team as a production grade protocol that is all built in place, debug tested, um, and um, you know if you're a seller who is kind of familiar with Web three. Um, you can go and use the boson DAP to sell products, um, you know, in a in a you know kind of fully decentralized way, um, and you know that that is all live. But where we are right now is 
um, we are building, I guess, like the bridges from Web3 to more mainstream, uh, to, to more mainstream usage. So whether that is like smaller sellers yeah. or bigger sellers, uh, we're, we're building tools that mean, you know, you can sell anywhere. So, you know, you can do a, you can do a physical drop in the same, in the same way that at the moment you can do like an NFT drop. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do a, a physical NFT drop using Boson Protocol, where you you drop um, you know a physical item in the metaverse, and mm-hmm. we're we're going to be um, uh, doing a kind of promotion that means that if you're a phys- if you're a seller and you you launch on Boson Protocol, you get a metaverse in the ki- in the uh, met- uh, a metaverse kiosk for free as part of that whole that whole launch. Mm. Um, but the key is that you know sellers can do, can uh, do a physical drop, which is available in the metaverse. That can be available on OpenSea. It can integrate with their website. You know, we, we're we're building out over the next couple of months integrations with Unreal and Unity, so that it integrates in games, so that you could be, you know, you could be playing Fortnite, and you could sell a physical item to someone else just by selling an NFT, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's kind of meeting some random in Fortnite who says that they have this particular, you know, whatever item. Yeah. It's pretty risky. Uh, it's a pretty risky transaction. But with Boson, it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of trivial because that's what Boson does, yeah. right? And so in all of these, it's kind of this whole sell anywhere. Mm. But... Uh, you know, part of that value proposition for brands is you sell anywhere, but we're not trying to steal the eyeballs like, you know, an OpenSea or an Amazon is trying to sort of steal the business, steal the eyeballs, you know, uh, from, from brands. We are an infrastructure play. We have, you know, we're on a path to full decentralization and we have an ethos that, you know, we're trying to create a democratic, um, you know, kind of commerce, uh, you know, economy mm-hmm. uh, where everyone gets to share in the value they create. So, so it's kind of selling anywhere, but then um, these brands can then integrate like a redemption widget, which we call it, into their own website. So they could be selling here, you know, OpenSea, uh, in games, they can be selling, you know, Decentraland. People go buy these NFTs, and then when they, when they finish trading them or whatever, and they want to come and redeem for the physical, they come back to the brand's website and go through um, a redemption process there. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's our kind of key strategy um, now is building those bridges to mass adoption. Okay, so basically, you have a protocol that services the front end, let's say websites, uh, the metaverse, and then part of that protocol is a connection to brands like Tommy Hilfiger, and let's say you purchase uh, like a digital T-shirt for Tommy Hilfiger that you can wear in Decentraland, you can also redeem that NFT and and on Tommy Hilfiger's website. Would that be correct? Yeah. So let's say that Tommy Hilfiger wants to do a physical drop. I wants to get a physical collection that's sold via an NFT mechanism, right? So these NFTs are like an IAU. It's like an NFT voucher. So Boson will create those vouchers and then the, the, and that's all live and people can come and do that through our DAP and, use our marketplace or create their own banded stores they can do that today and as of next week they're going to be able to then um sell those nfts you know in the metaverse mm-hmm. um okay. in you know on 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 our dap on their website they'll be able to do drops on OpenSea. so basically those on that sell sell side will plug into all of these different types of world um providing this kind of trust bridge where people yeah. can go and buy these things. And then once you've got one of these uh, redeemable NFTs and you finish trading, you want to, you want to redeem it, you go to a redeem point. And that redeem point can either be with Boson mm. or, uh, you know, more, more commonly we're seeing the demand for, you know, brands obviously wanting to, to kind of cast that net wide all across these different environments yeah. and then bring all those customers back to redeem on their own site. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's there's basically a lot of collaboration with a, a bunch of brands who are interested in the metaverse. So do you do you see um, any resistance from brands when introducing them to the idea of the metaverse? Is it something that they're interested in, or is there a lot of like 
convincing happening? Um, I mean, that, that all changed uh, when, you know, Facebook announced its big entry into the metaverse. I mean, all brands now, um, all brands, almost without exception, have a metaverse strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, when I sort of last year, we had interviewed Tommy Hilfiger, he said, well, look, you know, this is just like, you know, the advent of e-commerce. A lot of brands got caught out and left behind. Um, you know, then social, then mobile. And, and now there's been enough waves of innovation that mm. brands realize that this can kind of upturn the whole, you know, kind of, you know, competitive landscape. So, you know, he, his view is, you know, if you're not too early, you're too late. Yeah, and, right. and we see a lot of that, um, even with, you know, kind of tightening, um, you know, kind of economic environment that brands invariably have a strategy for this ne- next great great interface so no we're not we're not seeing sort of lots lots of resistance i mean our strategy has changed from last year when we were very much in prototype mode and we were very much working directly with uh big brands and um you know we're doing a number of integrations you know at the moment but our main thrust is now plugging into all the major metaverse builders Mm -hmm. um so you know we've got um, you know, strategic partnerships with Metaverse Group, Renovi, Land Vault, and uh, you know a host of others, um, so that um, they can work with with brands to plug in mm. Boson as, as 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 sort of infrastructure across the Metaverse, mm. and likewise, um, you know, working on plugging into you know the the kind of uh, you know Web three. Uh, kind of connectors of, of like, um, you know, unity and unreal as well. Mm-hmm. So very much getting that plumbing in place um, and moving to a more sort of integrated channel partner model rather than, you know, and, and of course we, st- you know, there are, you know, certain brands that we, we work directly with, but increasingly we're working, working through a, an ecosystem of part. So it's, it's interesting because you've, you've emphasized a couple of times of how, decentralization and the ethos of boson mm. protocol is very much like a community driven protocol and you're you're taking steps to decentralize further and as we know mm. you know dis- truly decentralizing a protocol is a process yeah uh, there's many different considerations to that these these organizations still have to operate as a business even at a protocol that's decentralized like there has to be some sort of sustainability aspect mm-hmm. in order for the protocol to continue into the so long term. So what is it? What is it that's going to account for that? I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of fee structure involved in the protocol <clears throat> layer itself, right? That, yeah, that the business model, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, to ensure that yeah. the DAO is always, you know, remains healthy and you know can contribute. The community can continue to contribute to this development. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit on that? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, there is a uh, transaction fee which the protocol um, levies. Uh, for any any kind of transactions on, on on the protocol, which is currently set at like 0.5%. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, at scale, um, you know, as we fully decentralize, essentially, you know, what, you know, because w- with a protocol, there's a big build up front, right? There's a, a huge expense of like building, building, but yeah. then yes. you get to a point where that core protocol is now you know, kind of is operating and it can then then operate at scale. Yeah. So then it can run more and more transactions through it with without with very, very little incremental cost and just connecting those those 0.5% transaction fees. And so that's the whole kind of sustainability uh, model uh, for, for Boson Protocol. Yeah. Which network is Boson Protocol on? Is it Polygon? Currently, we're on Polygon. Um, we're about to launch on Ethereum. V1 was actually on Ethereum, uh-huh. but a lot of the, our demand was on Polygon. Mm-hmm. We still see a role for um, you know, Ethereum, uh, perhaps for sort of higher value items and yeah. items that are like, directly attached to some of the, the, you know, the more <clears throat> prominent uh, sort of you know, NFT projects that might want to do physicals that are kind of token-gated with their Mm-hmm. you know um kind of uh crypto punks or something like that yeah do you uh foresee a future where boson protocol is on basically all the popular networks like solana and Binance and all that 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we 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 have a multi-chain strategy. Um, I mean, obviously, it depends how many chains there are, but um, our expectation is to be on all of the mm-hmm. all of the sort of major chains, um, enabling enabling decentralized commerce there wherever there's sort of you know sufficient demand and liquidity. Mm-hmm. So, is it is it because uh, do do you think that like when you're talking to a brand and kind of introducing Boson Protocol and and getting them into kind of like the Web3 space and all that, do you think that they'll be choosing a network? Like, say, for example, you're speaking to uh, a Chinese brand and they're like, I want to mint my NFTs on, uh, let's say, Solana or, or specifically, you know, some some specific chain. Is it because you, you think they want a specific chain that you're integrating or is it just you're integrating on a network simply because there's liquidity, there's traction there, or like, what what's the metrics to to make that decision? Well, well, I think you know, for brands, the for brands, the metrics are um, going to be things like you know, who else is on that? Who else is on that network? Right? It's it's going to be interoperability. It's going to be a major major part of it. Um, then things like you know settlement times and transaction fees are obviously also a major factor. It's one of the big drivers. I mean, so you know, you take for example like Polygon. There's you know it's got um, low fees, uh, fast to settle, and um, lots of other people on it, and lots and high interoperability. Mm-hmm. Um, but but other brands are selecting some of the other sort of um, layer twos because of specific structures like the ability to run their own chain which where they have a bit more control for example um, but and so that, that that's an I guess one of the factors that might have might, might make brands sort of deviate from 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 the, the you know the standard but um, I think there are sort of very strong network effects. Once you get one of these the, these chains that gets you know a particular domain, like you know you've seen with DeFi, or you, you know you, you you know with 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 commerce as well, um, it, it sort of it kind of it, it becomes a bit of a runaway effect really, mm. um, because everybody wants to be on the same chain yeah. with it's like positive competition. You want to be on the same chain with similar to- sorts of organizations so you can plug in mm-hmm. to similar environments, etc. Yeah, I was I was only curious because we're, we're sort of facing the same thing. It's like, do we integrate with all the chains? Um, do we just recommend like when we work with projects? Do we recommend it's like you should just mint on Polygon? Mm-hmm. Like, like maybe that's the right way to go. But uh, but it seems like a multi-chain um, kind of like future is is the way to go. Just because we can't really know which chain is gonna like just dominate, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe there isn't gonna be one chain or a few chains that dominate maybe it's just like there's purposes for all these different chains mm-hmm. so so yeah i mean uh, i mean i think the whole zk angle is probably yes. is, is going to disrupt the current status quo i mean if you took that out then i think what you're seeing is that you're going to get these kind of dominant designs where chains There'll be certain chains that get an advantage where they get more users and then more users attract more users and that attracts more applications and they get a runaway effect yeah. right and it's very hard to change that um and i th- but but i think you know the huge improvements that that sort of these sort of zk chains are going to bring as and, and we're seeing that you know with optimism and arbitrum and stuff i think that could upset the current status quo but once that settles down, I think those same dynamics will happen where you will get, you know, uh, a, a kind of coalescing of users around certain chains. But, you know, my, my personal view is that there it's a multi-chain world, but there will be chains optimized for different uses, right? And then you'll have one right. one winner yeah. for, for different uses. Yes. So, you know, Ethereum is a great place. Yeah store lots of value right yep um polygon is a great place to do um you know kind of lower cost um you know kind of things where but but there's a trade-off there between you know kind of fees and 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 you know security Mm -hmm. for example right i think you might then see you know some of these other solutions 
that might be more tailored towards you know different different use cases and so you'll, you'll, you'll see a multi-chain world with winners in each domain i think mm, okay so <clears throat> i want to ask you a question and i think we we, we kind of have an we have our own answer to this and I think it's going to match yours, but I want to get your take. So why did you decide to leverage specifically Decentraland as like your, your go-to metaverse to showcase Boson protocol? Um, well, I mean, uh, the version one, um, widget that we had last year was on Decentraland. And so that's when we made that initial decision and may, mainly it was due to how a developed um, a metaverse it was at the time. The fact that it's put, it supports put, you know smart contract interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all, also got a great community behind it, and you know we found the Decentraland team super forward thinking and supportive of what we were doing. And you know, at the time when we did our first metaverse widget, um, it was actually really hard. I mean, not many people. It's hard to get metaverse devs. It was hard, you know, it, yep. it, all this stuff wasn't worked out in the way, you know, we've just done the second widget. And to be honest, I think it was probably 10x easier than the first, right? Mm-hmm. That's how far. So so those were the kind of reasons that we did made the original decision. And then um, launching this widget on version two of the protocol, um, you know, Decentraland was like that natural partner for, for us. And, we, we, you know, we, we'll be launching that uh, um, at Metaverse Fashion Week later in the month. So have you found any, um, you know, because we've identified a lot of how the metaverse seems to be, it's growing in phases for sure. And a lot of these new entrants in this space seem to be offering a much more static experience that doesn't have as, as much robust functionality that's needed in order for like a Boson, Boson protocol kiosk to even operate mm-hmm. or to service, you know, a user base the way typical users would expect, right? So... Do you see that as like a huge dilemma as far as like the metaverse space needs more infrastructure in order to enable more, you know, protocol experiences to exist or is everything fine? Should, should um, no, but I mean, it was a major problem for us. Yeah. Um, and uh, sounds like we'd sort of rehearsed this, but we know we haven't, but it <laughs> was a major problem for us. I mean, it's one of the main reasons why we went with Decentraland is because it does support functionality yes. right. to, to, to run this widget. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, what we've also developed and is kind of queued up for release, we're in the very nice position as a tech startup where we've actually got technology queued mm. for release now, first time ever, right? Yeah. With all people waiting. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and this is a, uh, uh, kind of functionality that's currently called Shell NFTs because I and the tech team named it. Um, mm. We're going to need to get marketing to give a better name. <laughs> yeah. But basically, what that means is instead of having to run Boson Protocol natively and generate these these NFTs on the fly, you can kind of pre-mint the mm. NF, like NFTs that are like zombie NFTs, mm. Boson NFTs, and they can then be sold in. OpenSea or one of these less full functioned anywhere that NFTs can be oh, sold. That's interesting. And then once the purchaser has bought it, this thing gets animated, like it gets like, you know, it's a zombie without a soul, and then it boson injects it with a soul and it becomes a fully fledged um boson redeemable NFT. So and that was a massive dilemma for our adoption is yeah. you know, we we had to go in order to integrate, we had to go and get we I you know, either get people to do stuff on their side or work with um, platforms that had this 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 functionality that we could build on. Yes. Um, and so we've kind of sidestepped that, and that's going to be pretty massive for us. Uh, it still means, though, that we can do much cooler things in Decentraland yes. than these worlds okay. that are less full function, but we can certainly now um, sell and drive mass adoption of Boson into, into anywhere that NFTs are um, sold. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty much what I, what I anticipated. Um, you know, going into Decentraland, they have just much more robust functionality, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it supports you know these these applications, these apps that people can build. Correct. And uh, we we feel like that's a fundamental necessity for the metaverse. If we're going to be in an industry that that you know many predict is going to be a trillion dollar industry, there has to be a commerce layer, an application layer. Mm-hmm. All these like specific functionalities need to exist. Yeah. And a lot less like gallery type of metaverse is just, 
Yeah, but nonetheless, like I said, metaverse will mature in these these growth phases, yeah, right? And they would. It, we're in that static era at the moment just because, you know, it's just te easier. technology takes time to develop, right? Yeah. So the fact that you guys have come up with like a, a workaround solution to still right. service like yes. this era of the metaverse growth cycle. That's huge. That's tremendous. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're still establishing yeah. that that uh, primitive layer of, of commerce, like independent of the, the lack of, you know, inf technical infrastructure yeah. to enable it. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Kudos to you guys and your team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, I mean, the other way we describe it is a dumb widget, right? Again, mm. you know, the marketers will come up, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't need a smart environment. You just, it's just, a, you know, it's just like a dumb NFT that goes in there, you buy it and then all the smart stuff happens, happens outside. But, um, you know, and I mean, to your point also about these kind of adoption cycles, I mean, and I studied a lot of that technology adoption um, stuff. And, and, you know, you read the textbook and it's like, yeah, it's an S-curve because yeah, mm -hmm, initially, yeah. you know, the technology erupts. Everyone thinks, wow, there's a big bubble. The technology is not ready. People put loads of money in. Yeah. The technology is not mature enough. And there's a crash of financial expectations and a crash. But all of that money uh, installs the infrastructure such that, you know, later on, People can then start building the applications on top, and yes. then you get this second kind of what they call like a golden age, mm. where we had saw it in the web, railways, everything, right? Where then you just get this kind of, you know, um, long-term, multi-decade exponential growth, mm -hmm. and um, I think that's where we are yes. for sure with the with, with, with the metaverse, and um, you know, certainly with crypto. So, <clears throat> Justin, could you explain how a brand who wants to sell? digital items right through the nfts um, from poson protocol how do they onboard onto the protocol does does that have to be a major brand or can it be someone from etsy trying to sell physical items mm -hmm. using nfts so it, it can be either <clears throat> so if you're you know someone from etsy you want to sell physical items as nfts then you can come to um uh the boson website bosonprotocol.io click a button and you know, at the moment, it's it's a closed beta. That's going to be opening up in mm -hmm. uh, some point in April, mm -hmm. so that it will be fully self-serve. Um, but at the moment, you click a button, and then the Boson team will support you in setting up a branded store, you know, and, and all of that is kind of free. As I mentioned, there will also be um, offering a free space in the metaverse and a metaverse kiosk um, as well, so you can do metaverse commerce. You can do that. Um, for bigger brands, Again, they can they contact us through the same route and we will provide them with a bit more sort of white glove treatment and also um, we'll kind of work with them and our network of um, integrators and builders in order to support them to get out, you know, out of metaverse and decentralized commerce, what their sort of objectives are. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we provide a, you know, a lot more kind of consultancy and, 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 and advice for, for, for brands mm -hmm. there. Okay. Um, you know, and through this sort of network of suppliers as well. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, as, as soon as you know, we, we were super early into Decentraland, we were we, we saw the launch in uh, like the, the alpha launch, I, I would call it mm -hmm. in 2019. And uh, it was basically a gray grid, but we could run around as avatars. It was cool. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then it was a closed environment as far as making wearables in Decentraland. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Probably like a year after that, they they made it open for everybody to make wearables. And all of a sudden, we saw an explosion of all kinds of creativity and stuff, and yeah, an actual like semblance of an economy yeah. emerging, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I see very similar. It's like once you guys have an open kind of platform for people to come in and start minting oh, these yeah. NFTs, like from from like the Etsy and like uh, eBay type of yeah. users to, you know, the huge brands. Yeah. I think we're going to see like a huge explosion on like the Absolutely. usage of Boson Protocol. Yeah. You're going to see like things you probably yeah. haven't even dreamt of as far yeah. as like uh, how they're going to practically leverage the protocol. And that brings up a... That happens, that happened to us. Like, you know, yeah, they always exactly. shock us. The community, when you enable them and give them the tools yeah. to, to innovate, like yeah. they're going to produce something yeah. you haven't even imagined yeah for example is, yeah. um on our platform justin someone submitted a dex as an nft yeah so so in 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 our platform people can purchase a decentralized exchange install it on you know any random land mm -hmm. and people can swap tokens mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, right right on the land. So like it has huge implications. Like we could bring in um, the DeFi ecosystem. All of a sudden, you're you're seeing like a bunch of food coins in Decentraland and like yeah. all these DeFi, DeFi protocols. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's that's the power of like user generated content. And like that's a huge aspect yeah. of a Boson protocol. Um, I was gonna ask. So when uh, when when leveraging the Boson protocol is uh, what if there's like nefarious types of activities like mm. like um, you know someone tries to sell drugs using Boson protocol? Do you guys do any curation or like any any verification of what's being mm-hmm. sold? So um, any of the uh, yeah, I mean any any of the items that would be surfaced by. Uh, of the boson marketplace um, would be, yeah, would be that, or anything like that wouldn't be surfaced. Um, and there's also through, um, I mean, the one of the main utilities of boson is it enables fair exchange, right? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it ensures that the buyer gets what he was supposed to get and the seller gets, you know, what she was supposed to get. Um, and so, for for nefarious activities like that, our dispute resolvers would refuse okay. to resolve. Um, so therefore, the whole point of transaction, tra- the whole point of transacting over Boson is this kind of gives you fair exchange assurance would mm-hmm. be removed. Um, and so these people may as well trust each other, right? Yeah. Um, so so that's that that's the kind of the the, the way that we, that we that Boson kind of curates those sort of activities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because any sort of like marketplace, the, you have to consider these kinds of things. Like, yeah. I remember, <clears throat> I think it was on Rarible or maybe it was OpenSea where there was like NSFW content and they had to like figure it out because all of a sudden it was like on the front page. Yes. And <clears throat> it overtook the market at one point. And that was it, definitely Rarible. Rarible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So there's like, of course, whenever you open up to like the public, right, mm-hmm. they're going to use it for whatever they want to use it. And so it's, yeah. it's always important to consider, you know, this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So what what is the process to onboard? Like, um, I guess, you know, what, what's like uh, your go to market strategy in terms of uh, do, do you focus most mostly on the, the brands, the fact that uh, people can purchase digital items like what do you think is like the most optimal like approach to the market when it comes to uh, boson protocol and like digital nfts well look, we, we've got two strands of that go-to-market strategy so we kind of follow the the kind of pretty classic technology adoption theory of jeffrey moore and this whole crossing the chasm right so we, we recognize that there's this like early adopter community of people that love using Web3 protocols that yeah. want self-serve, that want to go use the protocol, upload their stuff, sell it. Like, you know, I don't know, want to go and start selling merch for their favorite project in a decentralized way and mm. can do that, right? And so the core DAP that we've built and we're just um, optimizing at the moment really targets that early adopter community. Mm-hmm. But... That's not going to work for your more what we call like early majority, more mainstream mm. uh, users. They can't directly do that stuff with you know Web three and stuff. They need kind of um, to have some of that complexity abstracted, and they also need to do stuff at scale. Yeah. So that's the next set of tools that we've got, which are kind of you know um, some products like, for example, Boson Enterprise, which enables sellers to abstract away some of the complexity of the blockchain and enables them to do to do this selling at scale and often then with the support of one of our integrator partners so that if you're a big seller and you want to kind of do this at scale it's a bit like you know um you know the difference between red hat and linux if you like and so for that you know for the for the bigger sellers and that 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 more mainstream audience we have a slightly different go-to-market strategy with like more tools heavier touch with some of our partners yeah. to support yeah. them to do that so at the moment that's the you know that, that that's how our go-to-market strategy is kind of break breaking down yeah. um yeah i'm curious um <clears throat> obviously a lot of a lot of uh boson protocol and a lot of metaverse uh projects ecosystems whatever are going to be entirely dependent on uh, i guess the metaverse sector's adoption 
curve as a yeah, whole. So right, right. basically we need more users in the metaverse, more reasons to stay in the metaverse as opposed to, you know, remaining in our 2D interface experience of the internet, the web it is as today. So yeah. people, so whether it's a hardworks uh, breakthrough, um, you know, an infrastructure components like boson or whatever else that kind of like contribute to an actual economy being present in the metaverse to attract, you know, native users. <clears throat> we kind of spoke off cam. So what do you see as potential catalyst moments yourself? Like you, we spoke off about Amazon <laughs> entering right. into the uh, digital uh, commerce space. Is that potentially something as big as what we saw whenever Facebook pivoted to meta, all of a sudden mass right. awareness yeah. was brought in or what else do you see on the horizon? that could bring? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there are two major, major kind of macro trends colliding yeah. at the moment um, for us. And, and, you know, if we, exactly as you said, I mean, if you look back at Facebook entering mm-hmm. the metaverse with meta, um, that cu- caused a huge zeitgeist for the metaverse and was great for, you know, like the decentralized metaverse projects and stuff. And, yeah, of course, we're seeing sort of, you know, kind of like these like waves of adoption. Yeah. But that created a huge tsunami of awareness and adoption has triggered a lot of this like long-term building. And, yeah. and, and you know, um, and likewise, you know, there was just sort of a pre-announcement that Amazon is now going to be doing an NFT marketplace and also NFTs for physicals. Mm. Um, and, you know, the point, so that's, that's like the first um, you know, kind of concept. The second <laughs> yeah. is with all this banking crisis, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two are actually kind of connected. So, <laughs> you know, with the banking crisis, you're going from this kind of trusted assets, right? You know, you, a, a deposit receipt, because I've just put $1,000 in the bank, is a is a trust-based a- asset, right? It's like what's called soft money. And, you know, trust in those financial systems is, be- is once again really eroding, yeah. right? And you're seeing this flight to safety, this flight to the hard money, the provable assets of mm. the likes of, of Bitcoin, right? No one can take your Bitcoin away. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the reason for that is there is a motive, but there was a motive in 2008, but there's now a means, right? Because yeah. there's a real alternative. And it's that motive and means that causes the change, right? But likewise, you know, it's great for us that Amazon are entering uh, the space, going to be issuing physical NFTs, but really what's the point of having a physical nft um when you have to you've got the same sort of guarantees as you would have for a piece of paper with an iou on it or just a digital i mean i used to run the priority pass network i used to head that up globally we issued a billion dollars worth of digital vouchers a year i could have just swapped the file format for nft and said there you go but it would have meant nothing still had the unilateral right to cancel it still yeah. could you know you, you're not giving users any stronger claim the whole thing about nfts is just like bitcoin if you've got one in your wallet no one can take it away yeah and and the underlying value so what boson is is like it's like what, what um you know referred to as like hard property and so we've got hard money bitcoin hard property boson if you've got a boson nft you've got this strong incredible commitment that either you're going to get that item or your money back I think that is the world we're moving to, where you've got these kind of like provable yeah. assets instead of these trust-based assets. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, because what, what difference does it make that you can go to Amazon and buy these NFTs when it's like backed by Amazon and like, it, and, and yeah, Amazon could just decide not to send it or not to uh, honor it or whatever it is. Like yeah. that's not yeah. the point of NFTs. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you know, you can't send uh you know you can't sue satoshi and tell him yeah take someone's bitcoin away right yeah, right Absolutely. that's the difference and, and 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 it's a point that a lot of people miss for now um but but the the collapse of the financial the, the banking system once again is you know and, and to be honest you know us in crypto we've taken a real kick in over the last year yeah some of it yeah you know you know, rightly, but let's not forget, most of these financial institutions that failed were centralized institutions dealing yes. in crypto, right? Correct. Right. Um, not all of them. DeFi stood strong. Not all of them. Um, but, you know, or centralized, pro- very centralized projects, right? For not sure. projects that had, you know, you know, all of these kind of immutability and, and stuff. Of, 
um, that, that that we're heading towards in crypto. Um, and so now it's you know seeing all of these kind of banks and stuff you know failing and faltering. Um, I think it's a great reminder, and I think the pendulum yes. swinging the other way where we're going. Yes. Hold on a minute. Yeah, you're talking about as if we've got this wonderful traditional financial system, and here you've got these these rebels threatening it with crypto. No, yeah, crypto was born. I mean, the you know, you know, crypto was born off of the back of the failure of the traditional financial right. system and the fact that it is a complete Ponzi scheme. Right? Yeah, yeah. that's why we That's have right. crypto yeah. so now we have the motive and the means and i i mean i think balaji with his yeah. million dollar bitcoin in right. 90 days is a little bit over egg but um <laughs> it's a point it's it's a point well made yeah yeah um and and and, and i i think the pendulum is going to swing back the other way and you know what you know we founded boson during the last crypto winter and this time, I think there's a hundred times more money sitting on the sidelines, yes. knowing that when crypto, like when, when you get a crypto bull market, what happens? Yep. And I think we are going to see a massive transition of wealth, um, permanent transition from traditional to crypto. Hundred percent agree with everything you're saying. And and to your point, <clears throat> if we go back to FTX days in November, um, Sam Bankman-Fried was like, hey, everything's fine. Everything's fine for like a week. And then yeah. it just collapsed. And what is the government saying today? Everything is fine. Mm -hmm. Like maintain your trust in the banking system when all of us in the crypto community, we know that it's about to collapse. Yeah, Jerome Powell gave a pretty standard speech yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> pretty much standard. exactly that. It was very like, yeah. everything's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nothing to be worried about, yeah. but that's his job, right? It's it to is. It made sure that make sure yeah. that's that image of confidence is maintained because right. that is what holds everything up. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So do you I did see, I saw the, um, I, I saw the, you know, the, the article saying that, you know, the fair, although the U S government are looking for ways to ensure all bank deposits. And then there was yeah. like a little, little sum of, yeah how much that was right i yeah. mean it's like it's like two trillion hey i mean it's One. like yeah uncoverable yeah. essentially yeah i mean uh, unless because <laughs> jerome powell said unless you print two trillion right unless yeah. you print it which yeah. you have if, if you lose any money in a bank we will print you we will print you yes. know we will reprint your money for you yes. right yeah basically devaluing that's the only way the whole amount right well, that's yeah. that is Balaji's claim, yeah. right? That is yeah, the bet exactly. he's making. He's he's yeah. making like the banking crisis yeah. is at such a tipping point, and like it hasn't triggered yet. But once it does, there's going to be a yeah. bank run of all bank runs, I yeah. guess. And that, as a result, the Fed has no choice but to bail out all depositors. Therefore, million, million dollar Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's it's it's a tremendous <laughs> prediction, but. Uh, 90 days is is yeah. asking for a lot but eventually it will get to a million dollars we just yeah have to wait for more banks to collapse i guess <laughs> correct yeah I, like you're saying that that mass transition away from the perception of like traditional finance into the decentralized financial realm but are are you at all concerned about like you know the united states's regulatory stance mm -hmm. as a as a reaction to all of this against crypto like do you think this is going to have a negative impact on the web3 space in any way I think it will. Well, I, I, I listened to um, a podcast with uh, Hester Peirce, the female um, SEC commissioner, mm -hmm. who, who is super pro. Let's have a dialogue with crypto. You know, complete opposite of Genzer. Um, so I think there is hope there, right? Okay. I think I think there is. I think there is there is hope there. But um, you know, I think a bad regulatory posture by the US against crypto is not going to be great um in the in the short term but you know if the if the US banking system is failing who cares right i mean it's going to be it's going to be the captain of the titanic hmm. bemoaning the 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 lifeboats right i mean yeah. who cares if they're the wrong color i mean you know, your ship is sinking. Some of us are in lifeboats. I don't think it will be that relevant. But I think the greatest um, challenge is going to be like for the American economy and the American people yep. in that they're going to miss out on this next huge wave of innovation. I mean, like the British, we 
triggered the first industrial revolution and then we were not you know we were bit players in the second because the us and germany just got all this other financial regulatory infrastructure in place to harness you know all of this innovation and we were just too slow and mm-hmm. you know probably corrupt um to to, to to do that and so you know yeah america's had a great run with with the first wave of digital yeah. and you know technology and stuff but if you screw up the regulation it's yeah. got yes. you've got like the middle east yes. you've got hong kong yeah. you've got all these other places chomping at the bit to be the next san francisco so yeah. you know not a good move dude we're gonna take a clip of that justin <laughs> and we're going to send it to the government gary <laughs> Because it's important. I mean, this is the same thing everybody keeps saying. Is like if if the United yeah. States shoots themselves in the foot, they're yeah. they're not only going to lose anyway, but they're going to be left behind by every other country that supports crypto. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I don't think the United States will do that. I don't. I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll probably create a CBDC, hoard a bunch of Bitcoin, back that CBDC by Bitcoin. All of a sudden, they remain a superpower, because that would be the smart thing to do. But I don't. It really depends on their intelligence it, it, i guess well i guess it's, it's contributing to their lack of understanding of yeah and i guess relying on the sec to being like the ultimate like uh decider yeah. in these types of matters like re- relying on legacy yeah. like regulations to enforce yeah. actions on like this new yeah. this new yeah. frontier that's the problem yeah, yeah. the government doesn't want to yeah. do any action i mean the other one i heard um that i had listened to a another um really good podcast um by the circle ceo i forget his 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 name now Mm -hmm. but circle want to have what's called a narrow bank which is this concept where they can deposit their money directly with the fed with no fractional reserve banking risk interesting and they get like interest paid on it and they get the full security of hard money lodged with the fed okay the fed have refused yeah. They say it could disrupt the commercial banking sector, and da, 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 da. but you know, centralized crypto players are trying to eliminate the risk because these are fully regulated, right? Yes. Trying to eliminate the risk of the factional reserve system, of course, so that they have strong foundations for you know. For, but and, and in that case, the Fed will say no. So it's complete hypocrisy, right? When you talk about oh, you know, these kind of you know crypto companies that are you know kind of you know folding and mm-hmm. you know losing money to all of their depositors it's it's just it's all a kind of like double standard right i mean they won't they won't allow them to yeah. so so just uh, i love talking about all this like macro stuff because it has huge implications with crypto and like just like our existence on earth right this is affecting everybody mm-hmm. but let's get back to boson protocol just a little bit here and um, mm. I wanted to ask you specifically about April. So what what's about to be released by Boson Protocol in April? And uh, I have a kind of leading question up to this after you answer. Well, this month at the end of March, we are releasing the, the Decentraland widget. Um, and so that's going to enable commerce in, in, in Decentraland, commerce in, in the metaverse. Um, we we have a whole host of other developments that we're we're, we're going to be launching we're integrating with some sort of major platforms and um you know we've got some of this other sort of technology like i mentioned shell nfts and stuff like that i'm probably not supposed to be sharing all of this marketing will tell me yeah. off flirting but um we do have a very full we have a queue of like technology features and stuff that's queued um to, to to be to be released queued behind sort of uh marketing really which is a great place to be in as i yeah. mentioned before it's, you know it's actually a first for us we've been waiting and waiting to you know build and release the protocol and now it, you know everything else is much easier compared to building a protocol yeah i wanted to uh, also introduce sort of like our experiences so far in decentraland and sort of like the metaverse and one of the biggest discoveries that we made you know, just spending so much time in, in this specific uh, kind of like metaverse is sort of like the n- new types of business models that exist. So, for example, um, imagine we take a one of the kiosks from Boson Protocol and that kiosk is branded with Tommy Hilfiger. And 
what typically would happen is, you know, Boson Protocol does this huge partnership with Tommy Hilfiger and Boson Protocol installs this Tommy Hilfiger kiosk at your location in Decentraland. So what we learned is there's a lot of people that own land in Decentraland, a lot of, you know, actual human bodies, and they don't have a way to participate in, in like the commerce layer. And so what we developed is a way to distribute, let's say your technology to a bunch of lands in Decentraland. So people would purchase these kiosks and then they would be pushing Tommy Hilfiger um, to, to get people to come to their own, you know, property, come to my property, buy Tommy yeah. Hilfiger content. Yeah. Yeah, and, or and just, yeah, incorporate it as part of the experience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. ultimately what you gain is like a wider community pushing the brand mm -hmm. on their own land and they'll yeah. create their own experiences. They'll put games on their land, but all of a sudden yeah. it's like you're playing a game and it's like, hey, I can like don some Tommy Hilfiger digital asset. And not only that, I can claim it as a physical item. Yeah. And so what happens is yeah. from a business model perspective is not only do you get like affiliate links or people pushing the brands, but they have an incentive because for every transaction that occurs on their land, they get a little cut of the transaction. Mm -hmm. And so that that's the technology we, we've pioneered with our platform. And, um, and, and a lot of these, you know, this is kind of like a unique podcast in the sense is that you know, us specifically, we're kind of like in the same space, but, uh, but we're also builders in the crypto space. And, you know, we, we sort of leverage this podcast to like do business development. So I wanted to get your take on mm -hmm. like that business model and, you know, you know, what's your just like knee jerk reaction on that idea? Yeah. I mean, it's a great business model and it's one that can, you know, you could, you can also sort of, yeah, integrate Boson into because within the protocol, there are, um, yeah, that you know, you, you you can have, you know, obviously the the original seller gets their um, their fee, and then you can have like you know these different fees for like well whether it's like a platform or a landowner, um, or you know these these different specific fees. So that is a that that option is you know you can use Boson for that use case as well, and, and and run that same business model, and you guys can make the you know your your kind of cart and promote it to landowners um, to make theirs as well. So um, and I think that kind of speaks to this whole notion of sort of programmability of Web3. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about provable assets. Um, this, once you've got provable assets, right, you know, like in a computer, you know, if you've got a one stored in a sector of memory, you can rely on that. You can, you can execute on that, right? Likewise, if, you know, you've got provable assets, you can execute on them. And so I think what we're going to start seeing is, is, is this, this kind of what we call like programmable commerce, right? Where you can program these business models, you can plug them into other people's business models and create this kind of um, what Professor Jason Potts, who's a blockchain economist, calls a kind of computable economy. So nice. we, we, we published a, a paper with him. Um, he talks about, you know, when you've got provable assets that could be programmed all in the same substrate, you get to this computable economy where, you know, you can start designing business models with loyalty and this, and you get this car and the condition you're token gated and create this kind of computable economy as this next evolution of the, of the economy. Yeah. Computable so, economy. That's absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I want to get a little bit deeper on this with you kind of like in a probably separate call, but, yeah. uh, but I, I think, the ability mm. to distribute this technology is very important, especially mm -hmm. because I think in the metaverse, people don't have a lot to do, first of all, mm -hmm. but, and they spent a ton of money on their land mm. and they need ways, instead of just flipping land, they need ways to like generate some sort of income as a business would Absolutely. when, yeah. you, when you're a landowner. So I yeah. think that's like a, a very kind of interesting angle for you guys to kind of think about like, um, kind of, kind of like yeah. a seed that grows in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're mm. out of time. Um, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, I know that you're extremely busy. You got yeah, a lot of stuff coming pleasure. up. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you back on again because you, you mentioned you have plenty more technology releases in the pipeline. Yeah. So we would like mm. to discuss more about that. Yeah. yeah. And also, I, I want to get more into love like to. the macro discussions with you as, as well, <laughs> yeah. just because we're always talking about it. Yeah, to ourselves. To ourselves. <laughs> we need some other input uh, on yeah. these types of discussions. Yeah. Is the sky falling yeah, or not? To. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Justin, appreciate yeah. your time. Okay. This this uh, Boson Pro call, definitely check it out. Um, we're going to have all the links in the description. And um, yeah, 
uh, we'd love Definitely, to have uh, you on. <clears throat> yeah, and if you want to see Boson Protocol in action, uh, Metaverse Fashion Week That's right. starts very soon. So we'll like have the, week, I think. the announcement, the event details. Where in Decentraland specifically will the Boson Protocol uh, in the fashion district, right? Or yeah. uh, Well, it's, it's in uh, our land, which is called Boson Portal, which okay. is adjacent to Vegas City, and we'll, we'll, we'll publish um, all the details, yeah. Okay, great, yeah. Okay. Okay. So definitely look forward to that. This is uh, the beginnings of the, the digital commerce revolution in the metaverse. It's yes. happening in Decentraland this week, so definitely take a peek. Exactly. All right, Justin, thank you so much and uh, appreciate you joining us. And we will catch you on the next podcast, guys. Thank you. All right, Justin, thank you. Thank you.